As you take your seat, if you've got a copy of God's Word, I want to encourage you to turn to the book of Hebrews. And uh, we're, we're really going to jump all over the pages of Scripture uh, together. But we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 10 here shortly. And uh, I'm honored to, uh, to be with you. And uh, this is my first Sunday evening experience. And, and what, a, uh, what a wonderful, wonderful presence and experience it is. And I hope you've come expectant. I hope you have come to, uh, to hear from the Lord. You, you know what I really desire? <clears throat> Here's what I really desire. At, at 10 years as brand new church, as a pastor of brand new church, 23 years married, um, 26 years of ministry this summer, here's my, what I really hope for the church. And maybe it's just for the next six months, maybe it's the next six years. Here's what my heart and desire. I want the church to have a louder voice than ever before. I want the church to be louder than ever before. And I want us to not just be loud when we want to boycott something Disney makes. Now I'm going to be ugly for just a minute and I'm just going to tell you and forewarn you right now. Because some of you ain't going to like me after this, and that's good English. But it is amazing to me how we can rally tens of thousands of people to boycott a Disney movie, but we can't get anybody to feed the poor. It's just unbelievable to me. We, can, we got people boycotting movie tickets that can't get anybody to tithe. I'm not saying give. It, it, listen, giving is not obedience. Tithing is obedience. Tithing is not generosity, it's obedience. 11% when you get into the generosity. I want people to just be excited about having a daily quiet time more than boycotting something. I want them to be excited about praying with their wife and leading their home to a deeper knowledge of Jesus Christ than telling them something that didn't even really happen in the movie anyway and everybody got excited about it. Now I know I'm making you mad and I, I apologize, but we're uneducated in Arkansas. <laughs> I don't know any better. But, but I'm using it as an illustration and just a sense that it, what we rally around is the craziest bunch of opportunity instead of just being light in our house that our neighbor says, I want my marriage to look like their marriage. I want my kid's passion to be their kid's passion. I want to see their, what they're doing at their church influence my community where we're making a difference with kids who just need shoes for PE, where we're making a difference where the hungry are fed, where we're making a difference where when somebody asks the teleological question or some theological issue, we've got an answer and we can point them in the right direction. Not just what we're against. How do we do this? We have got to set ourselves in the place that Jesus has already called us to and calls us, and that is the place of confidence. We need to become, Christ followers should be the most confident people on planet earth because all of God lives in us. If you believe that, say amen. amen. And we should walk in that confidence. And many of you are on the teeter-totter, you're on the edge and ledge of maybe and almost, and it's just time to dive in and say, I'm gonna walk in confidence, I'm gonna listen to the Most High, I'm gonna walk according to God's word, and I'm gonna be rowdy for the things that exude love, light, and salt for the cause of Christ. And watch our world change. 
I, I've actually two years ago in three days will be my two year exercise anniversary that I've made a commitment. My wife came to me two years ago and she, uh, she said to me, she's like, Shannon, I just think you're made for CrossFit. <laughs> Which means, hey fatty, let me just tell you something. Uh, I'd like you to exercise. Y'all know, it's all Greek, you know, coming from the wife. So I decided, so April 4th actually is my two year anniversary. You know what's so awesome about that class? Is 17 of my classmates have been baptized and come to know Jesus Christ as the Boston rescue of their lives. 11 married couples came to our marriage event and never even walked in the doors of our church. I had one guy take me the other day, I was telling pastor, took me uh, two Fridays ago, he was just like, I'm, I've been watching your podcast. Matter of fact, he would come in, it was just like, it was like creeping and trolling, and he'd be like, man, I loved what you said on your, on your message where you said, isn't it amazing, if we'd stop sowing seeds of our past and start sowing seeds of what God's word says about our future, it changes us, and I'm just starting to learn. This guy's as carnal, I mean, he, I've never heard anybody use curse words as frequently as he does, but God's slowly using it in such a huge way. He took me and bought me a $2,000 shotgun two Fridays ago, and he hadn't even saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> he gave most, more than my church people. And it is amazing how sometimes lost people are some of the most generous people ever. What a tragedy. But I joined this class, and I recognized, you know what everybody asked me? They asked me this. They said, man, you just drive in one lane. How do you do it? Which is Greek for, how do you stay focused on one woman? and always talking about her. And I said, Jesus changed my life and, and I recognize my marriage is such a picture of my walk with God and as I stay close to God, my marriage is red hot and so forth and so on. And I was telling them this, it's changed this entire class. Matter of fact, you watch them, they'll start, there'll be music that comes on. They're like, hey, Shannon's in here, change the song. <laughs> and what I told them, what I tell them is I listen to that at home. No, I'm kidding, I'm joking. <laughs> I just sit back and I'm like, listen, just, be light in a lost area and be confident. And I'm telling you, lost people are drawn to conviction and confidence. Jesus is that way within us. We can walk in it. But so many of us are living for whatever reason in a, in a, in a lifestyle of insecurity, inadequacy. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So that I can act like I really love Michigan, I want to tell you a story about Michigan State Spartans. Now, I don't know if you're Ann Arbor or Lansing fan or whatever, uh, but I, I know that um, in 1982, Wisconsin was playing Michigan State. And, and I believe it was the, uh, the Big Ten Championship game. They're, they're going at it. They're playing in Madison. And the game was over in just moments, literally. As a matter of fact, in just, uh, just in six minutes of the first quarter, uh, the Spartans scored 14 two touchdowns and the Badgers know it's going downhill quick and they get into the second half and it's, it's bad. It's 21 to nothing in no time. And, and they get to halftime, it's 28 to nothing. It's going downhill. And then all of a sudden they get into the third quarter, they score, um, Wisconsin scores and the crowd gets a little bit. And then Michigan state just takes over. But about the middle of the third, the, the more they started losing, the louder the crowd got. And then all of a sudden they get to the end of third quarter, they're down another touchdown and the crowd's getting louder. And it's just like every once in a while, just these loud cheers are going on. And then you get into the fourth quarter and they're getting beat more and the crowd starts getting rowdier. 
And then all of a sudden, you recognize that 70 miles down the road, the Milwaukee Brewers are playing the St. Louis Cardinals for the pennant. And everybody has transistor radios. Those of you that are 20 or younger, you have no idea what we're talking about here, but they had transistor radios. And every time the Brewers would score, the crowd would go crazy. (laughs) And then eventually the Brewers win the game and everybody goes crazy and uh, Wisconsin loses to the Spartans. What's, What's the point? The point is this. We need to celebrate victory in a world that looks like we are defeated. Stop listening to what's taking place in the arena you're standing in and start listening to all of heaven rejoicing that you are a winner, that you're God's child and he wants to use you to change the arena you're in right now. When everybody else thinks you're down, heaven is cheering you on. And if you believe that, put your hands together and celebrate that Jesus is cheering us on. It looks like defeat. It looks like we can't win. Listen, church, we've already won. We are more than conquerors. We need to walk in that confidence. Be confident. Go in and do that deal with confidence. Go in and pray with confidence. Go in and lead your community with confidence. I'm walking one of our school board members and one of our campuses through a a difficult situation right now where um, there's some, some basically atheists that are trying to get him to stop praying at school board meetings which there's no legislation on them not being able to do that. It's not a school function or a time at school. And he's just arguing, I'm just praying. I'm just saying, be confident, walk in faith, believe God. Don't back down just because somebody is saying something that could cause a little bit of a stir. We have got to walk in confidence. Matter of fact, my mentor calls it this, Godfidence. I love that. <laughs> Matter of fact, tell your neighbor right now, say, I'm Godfident. Tell him, tell your neighbor right now. If you don't know him, just say it anyway. I'm Godfident. We need to walk in Godfidence. How come we're constantly responding to what we're seeing instead of responding to what heaven is saying? How many of you believe we're more than conquerors? Raise your hand. How many of you believe God's in control? How many of you believe you have the resurrection power of Jesus living in you? Then why are you backing down? then why aren't you inviting everybody you know and telling everybody you know? I encourage you to walk in this confidence. Celebrate the victory regardless of what your present situation may look like. Because God tells us at the end of the book and we can walk in that right now. What's the issue we're we're doubting? We're discouraging. What's the issue and why are we doing that? I I believe there's four or five reasons why we live in doubt, we live in discouragement, we backpedal to everything, we keep our mouth shut when it comes to the things of faith, unless it's boycotting something Disney made, unless it's boycotting this. I'm not saying you shouldn't stand for your faith. Church, hear me, don't misunderstand. We should stand, but listen, when pagan people are putting out pagan stuff, that's what they're supposed to do. They're pagans. Don't try to change a pagan institute. Change one life at a time of that institution and lead them to Jesus. Then you can make the difference. Don't be surprised because the world puts out worldly stuff. They're the world. That's their job until you lead them to Jesus. And you're like, man, I don't know the CEO of Disney. I don't know the CEO of Pepsi. I don't know that. You don't have to. Just lead one of their employees or one of those that participate in their activities and another and another and another and another. And guess what? You can change the world one life at a time. But you got to walk in confidence. 
Matter of fact, would you repeat after me? I am confident. That was so embarrassing. <laughs> I, I'm confident. <laughs> no, I mean, say it like me. Say, I am confident. You can do better. Say, I am confident. And here's what the scripture tells us. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 35. Here's what it says. So do not throw away your confidence. For it will be, look at this, richly rewarded. I mean, you get tripped up, you've got an issue, your health issue comes up, a financial issue comes up, you have this deal and you're like, God, where are you? He's right in the middle of it. He just doesn't want you to discount him and throw away your confidence. Walk confidently, live confidently. And I love when I see leaders, which if you know Christ, you are a leader, I love when I see them just step up and believe and speak what is true and move forward in the confidence that God has given them. The thing we have to learn to hate is several things so we can walk in this confidence. Number one is this, you need to learn to hate indifference. Indifference. Don't become indifferent about anything that transpires in your life. Whether it's giving, whether it's serving, whether it's the church, whether it's your marriage. You need to constantly be walking in confidence and climbing in measurables. So one reason I love this workout class that I'm in, we have a little app called Wattify, and it measures for two years the, the climb that I've gone on. Uh, you know what else I love about it? There's a guy in my class named Kent. He's about 425 pounds, super soft, just started four weeks ago. And it was so much fun for me and my buddy John Garrett, who's this close to getting saved. And all we did is just sit there and cheer him on while he was doing jump rope. We're just like, you can do this. Come on, Kent. Don't give up. And really be honest with you, he couldn't do it. <laughs> he was, he's very large. And uh, I'm just like, come on, Kent. You know what happened? It built his confidence because we were speaking in. Could you imagine if the church did this when they're a little bit on the edge in their business, their finances, their marriage with their kids? You're like, you can do this. Don't give up. Come on. Instead of four weeks later, finding out on Facebook and we kind of say, oh yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. This. No, I'm saying get in there. Quit being indifferent about life change, indifferent about your marriage indifferent about your belief and faith and walk in the fullness that God has called you to. Do not throw away your confidence. Don't throw it away. I remember when I asked Cindy out, I, I'll be honest with you, I walked up to her confidently. <laughs> I did, I said, I know I got a girl's name, but, but give me a chance. <laughs> and I was just, man, I was just like, I, I, this girl's hot. I just, uh, I believe it's God's will to get to know you. <laughs> and that ain't exactly what I said, but I walk confident. But my wife calls it arrogance. <laughs> she uses another C word, it's called cockiness. She's like, yeah, I just wasn't attracted to Shannon at all because he was so cocky. I was like, it's not cockiness, it's confidence. <laughs> she said conceitedness is what I meant to say. No, it's confidence. And there is such a thing. But I can tell you this, if, if we would quit being indifferent about the things that are so important, we'd change. We become so passionate about boycotts. What if we decided to boycott sleep until we prayed with our wives? What if we decided to boycott cell phones until our kids got passionate about reading God's word and texting us what they read every morning? Which my kids have to do or I shut their phones off and I love shutting their phone off. What if we decided to be, you cannot throw, what, what causes you to become indifferent? You're not praying, you're not reading, you're not seeking. 
you're not worshiping, it doesn't mean you don't want to. It just means you're at a place right now where you're not doing so. You're finding yourself in potholes. You're finding yourself staying where you shouldn't and involving it. Listen, God wants you to be confident. Confidence is not a placebo. It's the Holy Spirit of God actively at work inside of you. Joel 3.10 says it this way, let the weakling say, I am strong. I love that. Can you repeat after me? Say, I am strong. If you didn't say it, it's because you're not a weakling. <laughs> just, just, we're all weaklings because when we're weak, God is strong. Let the weakling say, repeat after me, say, I am strong. I am strong. Do you believe it? I love that measurement in my class because guess what? You can see the climb. We need that in our churches. We need a measurement. We need a way we can see where we've grown in our prayer, in our faith, in our reading, in our evangelism, and who all we've been leading to Christ. I have a dear friend of mine who is a, a great preacher in Chicago, and he told me that his grandfather used to have, uh, in his church, literally, when the offering was done, they would screw a red, by the family name, a red bulb or a green bulb. And they were done with the offering, they'd stand up, they'd have the benediction, and then the ushers would go back and screw a green bowl by the family's name that gave and a red one by the family that didn't give. <laughs> this is a true story, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I'm just like, that's God's will, no doubt about it. <laughs> what do you love walking down? It's like red, green, red, green. <laughs> I would love that, I think it's awesome, because we're so afraid to do it now, but can I tell you something, when you get to heaven, it's gonna be that exact show. You're gonna stand, if you know Christ, it's the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne if you don't, and he says this, you're gonna be able to put five crowns, you're gonna be able to put reward, push it back at his feet, or you're gonna have a bunch of leftover beard. I think that's what stubble is, I have no idea. Wood, hay, and beard. What, what, it, it's true. Listen, walk in confidence now. Walk in what you believe now. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace, look at this, with confidence. What do we do? We hide in shame, we're worried about, listen, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Confess, repent of your sin, walk forward and start believing God for great stuff. Watch him do great things in and through your life. Philippians 1.6 says this, be confident of this. Don't you love the word of God? I love the word of God. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. And if you believe that, say amen. amen. I'm saying about your ministry, your marriage, your family, your kids, your business, your finances, and every area, he will complete it. Be confident. Be confident in this. The psalmist in 27.3 says, though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. <laughs> and let me just say something, if you've led at any level in your life or you have teenagers, war has broke out against you. <laughs> war has broke out against you. Even then I'll be confident. Can I just speak to the husbands for 30 seconds here? Be a confident husband. Be a confident leader. Don't avoid conflict and you'll have less of it if you'll just be confident. Students, be confident in your school. Be bold with your faith. You don't have to be an arrogant jerk or wear, carry a big Bible or get in people's faces that are making decisions that are wrong. Just communicate love and be confident in God's word. Look at Psalms 27 and 10 verses down. It says in verse 13, I am still confident 
I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Confidence may not change the circumstance, but I can promise you this, it'll change your response to it. Be confident, be bold, be strong, and remove indifference in every area of your life. Not only indifference, you need to secondly move insecurity. Get rid of insecurity. We all battle insecurity, do we not? I, I joke about having a girl's name. I, I, there's other areas you're insecure about. I'm 260 pounds. Or, you know, I have some insecurity in sitting in small chairs, different things like that. There's different things that you have or you got some insecurity here or there. I know what, you, I know what you're thinking and different things like that. But here's the thing, and you're, start hating your insecurities because you're confident in Jesus Christ. Insecurity has its origin in sin because we know this to be true in the garden and I don't have time to, to give a, a complete exposition of this, but as soon as Adam and Eve are in the garden and Eve ate of the fruit, what is the first response that they had in that moment? What'd they go do? They went and hid. That's insecurity. And the reason many of you are not as bold as you should be aren't standing like you should, it's because you're battling the insecurity. Listen, Jesus Christ has paid for your sin, confess it, recognize you're forgiven of it, walk out of the shame and the guilt from it, and walk in confidence in Jesus' holy name. Get rid of the insecurities. Don't be an insecure individual. You're not an insecure individual. And I, and I just want you to know, humility is the, the difference or the opposite of insecurity, but humility is a fruit of confidence. When you're confident, you can be humble. Confident people are teachable and correctable. Humble people don't think less of themselves. They just think of themselves less. Let me say that again so you can tweet it. Humble people don't think less of themselves. They just think about themselves less. They walk in confidence and in humility. Don't be an insecure person. You can. You will. God used Moses, who stuttered. God used um, Peter, who had a serious, serious issue with arrogance and, and knee-jerk decisions. You, you can go through the list. David and Bathsheba, which I still can't believe Bathsheba is the real transliteration of that name. I still struggle with that every time I teach it. I mean, Bathsheba in a bath, it had to be a rap song. That's all I can think, it had to be a rap song. There's no way really her name was Bathsheba in a bath. Unless that really was her rapper name and everybody in town knew her as Bathsheba. I don't know. But I can tell you this, he failed in that sense, but he repented and moved on in confidence or Godfidence. Filled up with who God is. Remove that insecurity. The next thing is this, remove the thought of inadequacy because you are adequate. For what God has called you to, your marriage is what God's called you to. You are married to the best for the rest of your life. Matter of fact, I encourage you to tell, if you're married, your spouse that right now, you're the best. Just tell them that right now, lean over, you're the best. And you might even throw in for the rest. For the rest of my life. Listen, form a constant habit of reclaiming your mind over stupid thoughts. We think the most stupid things. Don't believe that stuff. Don't speak that stuff. Don't think that stuff. God says this, that we will be transformed by the renewing of our, the renewing of our mind. 
Those inadequacies are not there. You are all that God has called you to be because of who God is in you. You need to reclaim your mind. This is not a prayer to pray. This is a practice to play. You don't need to pray this. Yes, you can pray new thoughts, but it isn't about praying that God changes your mind. You have to act it out. You have to begin removing those inadequacies and quit saying things that aren't true about yourself. Oh man, I never can. Oh, I never will. I'm not a good communicator. Oh, I just can't say those. I'm, I can't instruct. I can't lead. I can't. Yes, there are things you can't do in the sense of physical limitation. But I can tell you this, when it comes to doing things for the cause of Christ and taking back kingdom ground for the cause of Christ, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Get rid of those inadequacies. I remember when my daughter, Anna, was, we bought a brand new couch as a young couple, and it was white and blue stripes, mostly white stripes. As a young couple, that was the most foolish decision you could possibly make with young kids, but I thought it looked cool. So I bought it, and I recognized red Kool-Aid and white stripes don't go together. I turn around on this new couch, and I see Anna, my one and a half year old daughter just jumping. I mean, it evidently was so cheap, it had great springs. I mean, she was just killing it, just jumping. And I just looked right at her and I was like, Anna, don't jump on the couch again, get down. So I took her hand and got her down. And I was in there fixing uh, some low fat macaroni and cheese. And uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, that box of macaroni and cheese, I still eat it to this day, it's, it's so good, I love it. And I'm making it, I turn around, I mean, not even a minute. And she's got the cushions ripped off again, jumping on the couch. And I looked at her, you do the same thing, I know. And, uh, <laughs> and I, no, put the kitchen back, go back to the kitchen, finish up my mac and cheese. I turn around and she's just killing it. I mean, like backflips, maybe not backflips, but it looked like it. She was tearing it up. And I went over there and I got what we called uh, Mr. Buddy, B-U-D-D-I-E. And uh, I was like, um, I'm gonna have to give you a spanking if you jump on the couch and you can't jump on the couch. And she goes, I can. I was like, well, you can't, I can. I said, no, you can't. And she goes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a song she had learned that we had playing over and over in our car. And I was like, <laughs> I just died laughing. I thought it was awesome. I was like, jump away. No, I didn't say that, but I just, <laughs> I just started dying laughing. And I thought to myself, if we were just that confident, wrong confidence, very confident. <laughs> When the enemy says, no, you can't pray with your wife every night. No, you, you, you can't give like that. No, you can't, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm confident. Have confidence. Get rid of these inadequacies and speak it and believe it. And some of you are like, oh, I don't have to do that. Can I tell you something? Termites do damage whether you know it or not. And negativity does the same thing to you whether you intend it or not. And you've got to change your mindset and you've got to start speaking what is true. Can I just throw some verses that'll help you with this? Proverbs 16, 24, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, healing to the bones. Some of you need some healing. Let me tell you how, speak it and believe it. It is healing to the osteoporosis of your faith. Proverbs 11, 11, though the blessing of the upright city is 
exalted. When does that happen? The blessing of the upright. A city, you've got to stand in confident faith. Proverbs 13, two, for the fruit of his lips, a man enjoys good things. From the fruit of his lips, be confident. Proverbs 12, 18, the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. You are not inadequate, you are adequate. God wants to use you and repeat after me, I am confident. Come on, say it like you mean it, I am confident. Your words are gonna change your situation. Here's my last point. In closing, recognize this, you are not insignificant. You are not insignificant. You're significant. You're God's kid. He wants to use you. He believes in you. He wants to do something supernatural in and through your life. Our actions and the things we do ultimately become history, but our thoughts about those actions shape our future. I want to say that again. Our actions ultimately become history, but our thoughts about those actions shape our future. And you and I have to realize something. We, we may have made a mistake. I, I've made plenty of them. You, you may have failed. You may have sinned. You may have not started on the right foot. Can I tell you something? God still believes in you and believes you're significant in the body of Christ. He's gifted you. He's given you gifts. He's given you Godfidence. And you need to walk and cultivate a sense of assurance that God is for you. You need to value what God says about you. I truly believe with all my heart, church, this is what's holding us back from taking greater ground for the cause of Christ is because we're just not confident. We're not confident in God's word. We're not confident with answers. We're not confident in who he is. That can all change right now. You're not confident as a husband. You're not confident leading your kids. You're not confident for Christ in your workplace. You need to change that right now because God says this, do not throw away your confidence. I mean, Nehemiah standing with walls in just in, in rubble, he went in confidence to the king and built it back in 52 days. That powerful. That move that moves me. And, and everybody was like, oh, you know, if a fox ran across this, it would fall and crumble. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. That's in the Bible. I'm like, couldn't you come up with something better than that, bubs? <laughs> you know what I mean? He didn't set him back. He kept a sword in one hand and a trowel in another. And he said, I'm going to build this wall in Jesus' name. And I don't know if your family's in shambles. I don't know if it's your finance. But I do know this. It's time to be confident to step up in confidence. Church, we should be the most confident so that we can change the world. It's not just so we can be arrogant and conceited, so that we can allow the lost world to see a living God in us. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to stand to your feet, every head bowed and every eye closed, and we're gonna come to this moment of invitation. That's radical, this is a radical moment, but confident people take confident radical steps. 
And I wanna encourage you to do something. If you know that you are living in indifference, insecurity, inadequacy, and you want that to change, I just wanna challenge you just to come to the front and find a place just to stand right here. And let's believe God for supernatural confidence. I'm gonna pray confidence in and through your life through the word of God. No one looking around, there's no reason to look. I love to just give that moment. There you go, I love it. Come on, just come right here to the front. This is your step of confidence so that you can receive confidence. I just need new confidence in my, in my faith, in my marriage, in my walk, in my future. I wanna be confident. I got a big decision about college. I got a big decision about a job. There you go, there you go. No one, I keep saying this, but you're still looking. No one looking around. Every head bowed, every eye closed, unless you're walking, please look. There you go. I want confidence. Come in a little closer so we have plenty of room here. There you go. Awesome, 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 awesome. I, I want to experience God's confidence, renewed confidence. Hallelujah. There you go. Come on. That away. That away. I'm waiting for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We don't want to embarrass anybody here, but we want to let them have this step of faith and confidence. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on in. Awesome. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. There you go. Awesome. So proud of you. Praise the Lord. This is that confident first step. Hallelujah. Awesome. I'll wait for you. Awesome. Every head bowed and every eye closed, except for those of you standing at the front. Look right here at me. Are you here because you want new confidence? Nod your head if that's true. Are you here because you're, like, can I just tell you something? If just this group of people, how many of you ever up here? 40 or 50 people. If just you become confident in your walk with God, you're getting ready to change Grand Rapids in Jesus' name. So I'm gonna pray for you and I listen, I want you to receive what God's word is telling you right now. So let's pray together. Are you ready to receive it? Let's pray together. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord Jesus, I am praying right now for everyone who stepped out in faith and desires to experience renewed confidence, walking in full faith, being used for your glory, not letting the enemy tell them lies and insecurities and moving them to indifference, that they will step out in faith. I pray for that husband that's gonna lead his wife in prayer tonight. I pray for that mom that's gonna lead her kids in prayer tonight. I thank you for the student who's gonna influence his campus. I thank you for the future that's being renewed for that single. I thank you, God, for the marriage that's being saved. Thank you for the new confidence. Let us walk in boldness because your word tells us that we are confident. We can be confident in this. Thank you that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loves us and gave himself for us. Thank you that we are gonna start here with greater confidence to change the world in Jesus' holy name. And if you receive it, put your hands together and celebrate God and how good he is, amen. I think you can clap better than that, I really do, I love it. Are you confident? As you make your way back to your seat, repeat this after me. I am confident. Come on, I am confident. I am strong. In Jesus' name. High five the person next to you and say Godfidence. Just tell them, I got Godfidence. 